Welcome to the Idea Table Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jim Nassipak. During the Christmas season, it seems we all have more smiles on our faces and laughter in our hearts. There's a sense of hope and peace in our lives, which in turn leads to a joyful attitude. When we are joyful, we are more energetic, focused, and optimistic. We have a sense of positivity in our lives. This year, more than ever, people have been getting into the Christmas mood earlier to experience this joy that we've been missing much of this year. Joy also plays an important part in organizations and leading our teams. When we lead with a sense of joy, we lead with optimism, we provide more creative spaces, and teams regain the passion for their work. We are in the time of year called Advent in which we prepare to celebrate the birth of the Christ child Jesus. There are four Sundays that make up Advent, and they focus on the four themes of hope, peace, joy, and love. As a leader, these are also important themes for us to focus on when working with our teams. We continue the series, Leading With, on the subject of joy. I invite you to pull up a chair and join Gretchen Arroyo, CEO of Lux Events, and myself for this discussion at the Idea Table. Welcome back to the Idea Table. Today I have the privilege of sitting and talking virtually uh, with someone that uh, we kind of have um, a connection way back um, back in another century. Let me just put it there. Uh, uh, we went to high school together. Uh, Gretchen Arroyo, correct? Arroyo. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Um, Gretchen is the CEO of Lux Events in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, she is an event planner. And, I, and what is amazing, why I wanted to have her on is twofold. If you're an event planner, you have to lead with joy, I have to presume. And then on top of it, how are you? Le- how does she lead with joy, especially now um, being in this, quote, virtual setting? One of the things that uh, I like about what I've read uh, about Crutchin is that she used to do live events. But if you see her uh, stuff now, she does live, hybrid, and virtual events. She's the CEO, like I said. Um, what's great about it is it's not just the event, but she produces um, with a record of succession, uh, driving sales, driving uh, multi-million-dollar uh, growth for those companies as well. Um, she provides leadership in a highly competitive uh, market. She's tenacious, builds new businesses, secures customer loyalty, and forging strong relationships with external business partners and key clients. And with that, welcome, Gretchen. Thank you. So, Happy to be here. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, Gretchen, you um, are an event planner. I know enough, as my father says, about that to be dangerous. <laughs> I, it's not just planning an event. It has so much breath to it. Just kind of give our listeners a little background as how you got into event planning and you know what, is, what does that mean? And then we're going to get into this whole discussion about leadership and joy. Sure. So I actually started back in college. Um And I was going through the fashion design uh, program for the college that I was going to in Southern California. And they had a little retail store on campus and they assigned me to be the, I forget, activewear, sportswear buyer or something like that. And about 
I don't know, a month or two into it, my position there, I really hated it. I found that I was enjoying doing the display in the window and our sidewalk sales and our fashion shows where I had to collaborate with other departments again before the internet. Um, so you actually had that face-to-face and had to go out to each individual department and say, hey, we're doing this great event. Can you help with marketing? Can you make me signs? Can we post it in the administration office? Um, so that's actually how I got into it. I thought, hmm, I think I'd rather be doing this than buying clothes for someone or you know, designing clothes. This seems to be more up my alley and it just kind of went from there. I uh, ended up being a stay-at-home mom. I had my two daughters really young, so um, took a break from college. And then when I got back into um, marketing and advertising, Um, Lo and behold, I found myself back in promotions for um, traditional radio uh, broadcast media um, as an assistant. And then I worked my way up to um, program director, promotions director um, at the ripe old age of 27 years old. So and then it just kind of went from there. I had a real passion for events. So um, I wanted to see anything that was new just really intrigued me. So from there, I went into um, the brand side of events, um, doing events for Nestle, General Mills, White Wave, you name it, Pillsbury, um, was transferred all over the country, worked for one of the largest promotional agencies in the country. Um, And then taking it back when we had our big crisis in in 2008 and um, our recession, I was one of the last ones to be laid off from my agency, which forced me to reinvent myself and find other things to do. And that's when I got into conference um, planning and continuing education planning, which I hadn't done previously. And fast forward, what, 10, 11 years, and I've been doing conference and event planning ever since. About the only thing that I don't do oddly enough, or weddings. And usually when people think of event planners, that's the first thing that they think is, oh, you plan weddings. But the only part of my business that um, deals with weddings is I do have a rental division. And so the only time I see brides are when they're renting something from me. You're the happy moments, not the crazy moments. (laughs) Not not bridezilla, not what went wrong. I deliver their backdrops and whatever my employees do. And uh, then I'm on my way until I have to come pick it up. Well, that's great. So from that standpoint, um, I can imagine even being in the fashion industry, there were some things you were able to take from that, especially from a design standpoint. I, I, and I'm thinking from an events perspective, and I've been a part of a lot of events um, as a speaker, as an attendee, as a presenter, a lot of those. And I understand the massiveness of an event. Does that give you a little bit more of a, for lack of a better word, um, edge when you're talking with them saying, hey, this might work, but this might not work or not? Or how how do you see that? that Yes, because um, I feel that it actually lent itself because I had to take all of the, you know, the fabric classes and the color coordination and the eye for lines and detail that that really transferred over well to the events world. Um, 
where it actually led me. I, I've won two awards for my event designs. Wow. In the past. Um, but yeah, it was definitely helpful. Well, that's fantastic. I have to imagine the stress of events, whatever it is, whether you are the event planner or the person putting on the event, stress must play an awfully large part in that. So when we talk about joy, um, especially during this time, during pandemic and during the season of Christmas, <laughs> you know, joy sometimes gets mixed up with happiness. And there's a quote that says, joy is stronger, is a stronger feeling than happiness. Happiness is an emotion. Joy is a decision. How do you, when you engage with your clients, which I assume is a daily thing now virtually, which I imagine is harder, how do you make that decision to come with that thoughtfulness and leadership of joy as opposed to um, those who can be pessimistic even when things go bad? What is your way of uh, moving through that? It starts with gratitude. Um, I truly believe that gratitude is the root of joy. Um, I wake up every morning and even when it's a terrible morning and it could be snowing or sleeting or whatever, um, number one, I'm grateful to be alive. Um, but when it comes to my profession, no matter how difficult the client is or difficult the, the situation is, and it truly has been challenging. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah doing a pivot and now going from an expert at in-person and ex experiential events um, to then shifting to something that is so cold and um, has not the connection that you get from a live event. Uh, it would be really easy to, to get discouraged, but I'm super grateful every morning to um, come into the office, to have clients to work with, and that in turn makes me joyful. Um, so when I'm dealing with a difficult client, I just try to remember where they're coming from. And I believe that my aura, my, um, the way that I'm, I deal with myself comes across to the client. So coming into a conversation and being joyful, um, enjoy us, I guess I mm -hmm. should say, yeah. uh, transfers uh, directly over to my client. I think you hit on a, an important part. Of, when we talk about whatever you're leading with, leading with hope, peace, joy, the next week will be on love. It starts with you. It's like, where, where is that place? And I see, and I hear that's what you're saying. So uh, what are some practical, I mean, you say you wake up with a heart of gratitude or with this heart or um, presence of gratitude. Are there any things that you do specifically to get you? Like, do you spend some time in devotion, meditation, writing, or what is it that kind of leads you to that place that energizes you now to then go out to engage with your clients? Every single morning I start by meditating. Um, and after I do a meditation and it could be a guided meditation, it could be just a, a personal 10 minute if I'm, I'm strapped for time. Um, but I do, I reflect. And then when I am done, I have a journal on the side of my bed and I write three things that I'm grateful for, um, at the start of, of my day. Um, and typically what I try to focus on is knowing what I have scheduled, obviously as an event planner, I have all of my days completely planned out <laughs> by 15 minute increments. Um, 
and looking at knowing what I have for the day and, and incorporating, incorporating that into my list of gratitudes. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. I think um, what's interesting is this need for journaling is very important for, I think everybody, but especially leaders, because it allows us a place to put down and kind of go back to, you know, looking at what are those things that, what was I grateful for last week? Am I still grateful for them? <laughs> grateful for those things or, you know, yeah, has it moved I, on I or built tell on? You, it was really difficult when, you know, I had, I went from January and February being the best years since I moved to Nebraska and being independent, um, the best months and looking forward to 2020 being the best year to in a matter of two weeks, having every single one of my bookings canceling from March, the end of March, all the way through August. Mm. So it, it was, it was trying and it, it, but it, I, I chose to continue with that practice and and really focus on it. And um, you know, it also led me, this has been the greatest learning. It's been the most difficult. And at the same time, the, the, the biggest learning, um, or self reflect area of self reflection that I've I've had in a uh-huh. very long time during yeah. this pandemic. It's uh, you know aside from having to pivot and learn all new formats and learn audio visual where I typically would contract that out in the past, um, there was that. But you know I also took it to another level and thought, well, you know I could sit here and be bitter about this, uh-huh. um, or I could choose to work this to my advantage. What is something that I've really been wanting to do that now that I have this plethora of time and I'm actually locked at home, um, can I do? And so I chose to take five months and um, get my yoga teaching credential. <laughs> so I went I went back to school. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Good. I think that's so important. Um, For those listening, uh, these four principles are based off of themes in Advent, and Advent's a time of preparation. And I'm listening to you talk about how this has been the trying but most growing time for you. And it's as if you've taken this theme or focus of joy and of gratitude and like put yourself in a place to how am I now preparing myself? for what is next. So in that aspect, do you see that has helped in expanding creativity in you? I mean, in looking at, you said you started a new venture, I mean, a venture of getting your yoga. Did you see, because you're trying to continue that gratitude, even when it seemed bleak, and I want people to know out there, joy is not pie in the sky, like, oh, everything's great, and you kind of forget about stuff. Joy is a decision, like you said, of starting with gratitude. So have you seen your creativity or the ability to look at other opportunities increase because you've looked at it to lead and more different opportunities than where it could have gone to, if that makes sense? Absolutely. So I had to take a look at my business model and I thought, well, if I have my main revenue stream completely gone, Mm -hmm. how am I going to survive? So it it taught me to look at um, alternate streams of revenue within my business, which happened to be the rental end. um, Because one thing that did not stop um, were weddings and micro weddings. So since I had um, an inventory of items 
that you know people had previously custom ordered from events or whatever. Um, I chose to build that piece of my business out mm. to to at least keep my name out there rather than putting everything on hold. I chose to focus on marketing that and truly it was joyous. I mean, yeah. um, I was I felt like I was really helping um, individuals that were in a tough time that didn't know what they were going to do, had a, you know, a 250 person wedding that they had had planned that now went to, it's something in their mother's backyard and they still need to make it look good. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I was spreading the joy. That's great. I, I listened to you talk about weddings. I'm thinking of how many fathers out there is like, boy, I got to pass on having to spend so much money this year on, on weddings. Oh, <laughs> How many fathers like, woo, yeah, it went from 50,000 to 5,000 or 10,000, you know, yeah. so, but anyways, um, when you talk about spreading that joy, I, I know you're, do you have employees or do you contract them out? And I don't, I don't mean that as like, no, oh. I contract them out. Okay. So in, in one way, it seems like that would be easier, but it's more difficult because sometimes I don't know them. Yeah. Um, or, and I do work a lot with interns as well. So, and they're always flexing in and flexing out. So I really feel that my overall sense of being really transfers over because it's like, I'm making a new impression every single time. Um, yeah, at, least, it was, at least once a year, because yeah. usually I hire seasonally. Okay. So I'll have contract employees and I'll say, okay, you know, you're working with me for the summer. Okay. But then so, I have to redo the whole process the next year. Yeah, it's just a, it's like it's like a little merry-go-round sometimes. It never stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So from that standpoint, how do you then um, not only engage these employees that you're leading, but how do you infuse them with this um, attitude, this culture that you've developed of joy and of gratitude? as they go out and work. It all with starts your, with me. It, you know. it really does. I lead by example. And because I choose to be joyous in yeah. what I do and grateful for everything that I have, mm -hmm. regardless of the size. And that doesn't mean like monetarily, but yeah. even in the little things um, it's contagious. Yeah. Do, do you see that pushes them to do more? Do you see an outgrowth of it as them, pushing a little bit more or doing that little more, even without you asking or going, do you see that actually affecting their customer service? I do. I, I, I think um, it also instills a sense, more of a sense of loyalty. Mm, yeah. um, you know, I think back to my earlier days when I wasn't the best manager before I took leadership classes, when I was in my twenties and, you know, managing folks that were older than me um, or even my own peer group. And I was always such an intense person. I had, I had such an intensity about me that it would put people on edge. Yes. Um, so I definitely see that it, it really translates into going above and beyond now because I am, because of the way I conduct myself. Yeah. Um, another portion that I just kind of was thinking through this with joy is you talked about gratitude. Do you feel with the joy and gratitude that you have a sense of not saying enough, but this sense of um, 
enough. Like you're, you're not striving to gain more because you want more. You're just striving because you want to produce something more. Is there a satisfaction of having what you have and be able to work with that? Does that, does that make sense? It, that does make sense. And, you know, one of the, one of the, the key things that differentiates my business from um, the other corporate event planners that are here locally is, is that I feel strongly about giving back to the community. Uh, so I have a division of my company called Lux Gives Back to where I take on one to two um, nonprofit companies and help them either with their galas or if they're a new startup, um, working through what type of fundraisers they should be doing all for free. Um, so to me, I, that, that I'm so grateful that I felt like I needed that as a piece of my business to give back, you know, the, for the 27 years that I've, I've been an event planner, um, to passing along my knowledge, um, yeah. And I think what I was thinking was that contentment. That, that was the word. Like, oh, well, so yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. no, no I, I thought that was a, that hey, let me, let me, that, let me tell That was awesome. That, that, that was, I, but that is an outgrowth. But I was also thinking of a sense of contentment as well. Yes, because I am content with where I'm at financially and yeah. the growth of my business. Mm -hmm that I can do that, that I feel like I can do that. I don't think I could have done that 10 years ago yeah. when I was in a whole different headspace and I was so ambitious and, you know, wanting to be the youngest this or, you know, six figure that or, or mm -hmm. where I was at that time. Like, and that came with maturity and it came with, you know, life kicking me in the teeth a few times. I liked how you brought in the word maturity because it is funny because I think contentment for me is not that I've stopped striving. It's that I still strive, but I'm content with where I'm at and it doesn't hold me back. And I and listening to you talk where you're working with interns, so I'm presuming they're probably college interns and you know, yes. really young, is I know you probably don't do it um, – just outwardly, but just being around, as you said, you're modeling it for, but how do you model for them to say that you have to strive, but also be content where you're at and never be envious of where someone else is at. I think in our world, I, I don't know if you see it, but I see it, especially as a leader, people always envious of, oh, why don't I have that? Mm -hmm. As opposed to how do I strive? So how do you get people to strive, but be content where they're at and push forward because they want to go ahead? Do you see that when you're working or uh, with your interns and no, or do they no, get turned the, away? There is, there's definitely an age divide there. And I'm trying to think when I first noticed it, that um, because of the age of the internet and everything is so on demand, um, sometimes, actually a lot of times I encounter people that are, or interns that think like, well, this is easy. Like, well, so when do I own my own company or when do I get promoted to director <laughs> that, that honestly that I've worked with? And I'm like, well, yeah. you know, there's be, because everything is so on demand, it's just one of those things that mm -hmm. that's, 
that's how they were raised and that's where they're going. And, you know, usually what I try to pass along on to them um, when I do have them working on certain projects with me is, you know, here's what I was doing at your age and, and here's how we had to do things. And so now you have this advantage. How are you going to, you know, how are you going to make this work and, and how can we make it even better? You know, you should be looking at how we're doing things and challenging yourself on how you can make this better. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is good. That's really good. And I, and I think that's important because when you have joy and you're leading with joy and with gratitude, contentment is, is a, a great place to be at because you're looking to strive and to um, push forward and break boundaries because you just want to grow, not because you're dissatisfied. And I think that's sometimes where um, I know in my immaturity, that's what drove me was dissatisfaction as opposed to this desire to really grow and, you know, going through coaching and then coaching others, you know, I think that's been vital. Um, One last question for you, as far as joy, you know, we all have success, you know, our definition of success. And, you know, if joy is a decision we make, how do you define success for an event? And then how do you define success for your staff for that event? (sighs) Boy, that, that is a really intricate question. And the reason being is it depends on the event. Um, It depends on the client. Um, Mm -hmm. There are times when you're doing an event um, as an example, you're, you're doing a convention a continuing education or a continuing education conference is a perfect example. So not only are you answering to um, the board of directors, but you're also answering to the attendees um, as far as like the, the satisfaction um, piece of your question. So for me, um, when it's a complicated event like that, not just an event to where we put on a a live music festival and everybody's happy and everybody, you know, the timeline went off without a hitch and we had every performer show up, which never happens. (laughs) Um, To me, you know, meeting the timelines on something like that, that's super easy. Like that's easy to define success when it's a complicated event. um, You know, the, we rely on the, the attendee surveys and, um, you know, checking and making sure the room sets and the, the projectors were working and everything went off without a hitch. There are so many things that could go wrong, like missing a coffee setup or, yeah. or something like that, or the hotel, you know, missing gifts, you know, hospitality gifts that should have went in the vice president's room. Um, so to me, it's a success uh, when I didn't have to go past plan B. <laughs> on any of my little modules that that make up the event itself. Um, And then with the individuals that are on my staff that are contracted, um, that nobody cried and went home. I mean, because there are so many things. If I really believe that if you're going to be an event planner, you do have to see the, the, the dirty side of event planning in a long 16 hours and the, my, my job, I, I tell the interns and, and um, the contract employees is to make this look so easy that our clients think that they can do it themselves. Yep. 
I, I agree. They, not everybody wants to know how the sausage is made. They just want to have the sausage, yep. you know, the old adage. So there, and I'm, that was a great answer. And the reason I asked that is because I think you have a really good grasp on leading and how you look at success. So often you get people who have happiness. So they're like, just as long as the client's happy, that's good. But when you come from a place of gratitude and joy that you have, and you've made that decision, it's this essence of, hey, we have plan A, but we have plan B. But plan A, if we can get that done, then that is fantastic. And I thought that's so good because um, you might have to use plan B and the and the people might be happy, but that's not success. So I thought that was really good. And I'm glad you re- you even said that. Hey, this oh, is Jim, a little this is I, a little intrigue, a little intrigue. Oh no, I get to plan D. Yeah. I, I mean <laughs> legitimately yeah. with some of these complicated events. It's like, okay, if we have our keynote doesn't show up, who's plan B, who's plan C? And yeah. you know, worst case scenario, plan D is <laughs> someone from the board getting up there and filling yeah. filling shoes. Oh, that's fantastic. A lot of great information. I I appreciate you being on here. I want to wrap this up. I always ask my uh, guest on here what they're reading because I think reading is a vital piece. I know you're a reader. So what are you currently reading? Well, this goes in line with um, me getting my yoga teacher Uh credential. I'm currently reading the Bhagavad Gita. Okay. Which is um, an Indian folk tale. Um, It's... It's, I'm serious, like each page I have to reread. So okay. it's definitely a challenge, um, but I'm really enjoying it. That's great. It's it's translated, correct? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if you also like learned another language during this time as no. well. <laughs> no, but you do have to be familiar with Hindu gods. And oh, okay. So hence the rereading the pages. Exactly. So, and, and from what I remember in my studies, a lot of them have really similar names too. Am I correct? So you have to yes. really be careful on that. So, uh-huh. well, Gretchen, first of all, I want to say it is a pleasure reconnecting with you this way. And, oh, and, are you and still I, there? It, what? How we froze up. Oh. So I want to just say, um, first of all, I appreciate reconnecting with you after these yeah. many decades as we say, but I I really do appreciate you also sharing how you use joy to lead and how you see gratitude as a significant place in that. I think as leaders, hopefully you're starting to see as you're listening, not seeing, but you're understanding as you're listening to this, that it does begin with us first and foremost, taking this personal emotional inventory and seeing where we are and are we doing the right things? Because if we're not healthy, then how do we lead healthily? So Gretchen, thank you. You're welcome. Thank and, you. Uh, my pleasure. Um, and we'll put some information once we get our website up of Gretchen. So if you ever need a um, top-notch event planner, whether it's live, hybrid, or virtual, um, I highly recommend Gretchen. So with that, we will be right back. I want to thank you for joining us today at the Idea Table. If you like this podcast, please share with a colleague, friend, or someone you know who could benefit from it. Additionally, please leave a comment below or contact us at theideatable at gmail.com. 
It is interesting that like hope and peace, leading with joy begins with us as leaders. Gratitude is an essential building block for us to lead with joy. To be grateful for our lives, our families and friends, our teams at work, and the mission we are called to provides a positive starting point to lead our teams. Joy is not easy. It is not a feeling. It is a decision we must make and then operate in daily. So take some time during this Advent and Christmas season to think about leading with joy and what you are truly grateful for this year. It might be difficult to believe, but there are many things that we can be grateful for this year if we take the time to consider them. So until next time, I invite you to join me at the idea table. And as always, there will be a seat for